Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, July 1st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Our thoughts about major college football when June started were mostly about when athletes would arrive back on campus after remaining home during the COVID pandemic. But by the end of June, the narrative had changed. It was a month of social activism, and it included Kansas State. Less than a week ago, players threatened to boycott if the university didn't address a social media post that was disparaging to George Floyd, who had died at the hands of a white Minneapolis police officer. The team was supported by the school's president, General Richard Myers, football coach Chris Kleiman, and athletic director Gene Taylor. The university and athletic department announced some changes on Thursday. We talk about those and the events of the last week with Kansas State beat writer Callis Robinette. Here we go. Callis, you've been pretty busy the last few days. Um, what's let's just let's bring us up to speed on the latest. Where uh, Kansas State put out uh, a couple of releases today, Thursday, on uh, basically calls for action by the university and the athletic department. How about just giving us some highlights of what um, uh, of what we heard today from Kansas State, and and after you do that, we'll we'll go into deeper detail about what uh, how this all started. Yeah, it's funny. Somebody asked me uh, over the weekend, what do I write about when there's no sports going on? I'm like, man, (laughs) you must not be paying very much attention. This has been one of the busiest weeks I've had. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. um, So the the Kansas State football team announced last week, uh, you know, in unison that they uh, were pretty upset about the insensitive tweet that a fellow student sent out about George Floyd and until the university created a policy that would basically – deter future students from doing the same thing. They weren't going to participate in any kind of practices or games or meetings or anything at all, really. So they kind of effectively were going on strike. And uh, since then, the university has uh, really backed them um, every step of the way. Chris Kleiman's come out and issued a statement supporting them. Uh, The university president has sent out two letters pretty much doing the the exact same thing. And then today, the university detailed, um, I guess, an 11-step process in which they're going to, the words they're using exactly are stop hate at K-State and combat racism on all of our campuses. And those, you know, range from anything from um, increasing recruitment efforts uh, that'll aim at uh, bringing a more diverse student body to Manhattan to, um, you know, initiating some type of uh, policy that will make it, uh, that will create punishments for uh students who use platforms like social media or other areas to uh, just basically spew hate against other students and so forth. Um, and then on top of that, the athletic department said they're going to expand their diversity and inclusion program to do a number of things, including um, publicizing the Black Lives Matter movement at future uh, sporting events. All their home games are going to try and do that. So um, you know, I, I think uh, a compromise can probably be reached here. It seems like the university is doing what they can to um, to go ahead and find a find a solution to this problem. Yeah, and and it is um, the the issue. It started last uh, last Friday, right? I think that's when the tweet was. Sometimes I get my dates wrong on this, but uh, the tweet was really disparaging. I'll read it. It said um, by, the, by the Kansas State student that said, congratulations to George Floyd on being drug-free for an entire month. And, you know, it was, um, it was just it was, it's just a horrible thought, really. And, um, and, and 
the response was swift and and harsh from uh, from from across the country, really. Uh, and the you know, but but for the for the purposes of uh, the immediacy, the Kansas State football team really took exception, and and that's when we heard about the potential for. Uh, the boycott and um, and and, uh, and and protest, you know, Kellis. But so it, it did create a dilemma, though, right? Uh, the the, um, the what else we learned here today is uh, and, and listen, the, the boycott, the player, the football players, and, the, and other and, and not just football players, but other athletes were upset and and want this kid kicked out of school. And what we learned today uh, from, you know, from the university is they're not going to kick the student out of school. Uh, they can't kick him out of school. And, uh, and that's, what, uh, uh, that's what we found out today as well. So I, I, where does that leave the football team and, and other athletes? That's, it's probably too soon to tell since this news is so fresh. Right. Um, for now, that remains unclear. Um, it's interesting because originally some athletes kind of on their own said um, they either wanted the student kicked out of school or severely punished before they would uh, represent the university again on the athletic field. Um, but then the following day, the football team had a different message that um, apparently, you know, made it seem like they understood that um, expulsion um, was was a long shot. So their demands were changed considerably to just um, a change in policy against racism. So if, if that's all that they're looking for, um, you know, I guess it depends on exactly what the team was expecting to get out of this. But it seems like uh, so far um, that the university has, has has met their demands or has at least put in action um, steps that will eventually meet their demands. So, uh, I'm not sure how the team will handle this. Will they put out another, uh, you know, statement every single person on the team um, whenever they do decide that they they are ready to come back and and start working out again? Will they do it the same way they handled the original boycott, or will it be something simpler? Um, I'm not sure. They've all been pretty unified this week, and that they they want their initial message to stand on its own. Nobody else has wanted to do interviews about it. Um, but I would think that, you know, no, nobody wants to miss the season. These guys came to Kansas State to, to play football. And it's pretty clear that university leadership is, uh, is much more on their side than the side of the student who, who sent out the hateful tweet. So I would imagine here at some point we'll get a, a message saying that they're going to come back and um, start doing team activities again. But when that happens or what that'll look like, I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah, and um, we heard from we we haven't heard from players, but we did hear from Gene Taylor. We've heard from uh, General Myers. We've heard from uh, Chris Kleiman, all within statements and social media posts. Um, you're, you're right. The the, uh, the a real united front from the you know from the football program, the athletic program, and the university on this. Kellis, you live in Manhattan. Um, I'm just wondering if. If there was, look, and I don't know how much people, are, how you or anybody else is getting out and about these days in, in the uh, continued COVID world that we're in, but was there any buzz around, around town about this? So he's, you know, I, it's, I'm not suggesting you walk into coffee shops and turn, you know, and start conversing with folks, but uh, did you get a sense or a vibe of how people, and how, how people felt about this? I mean, I, I get the sense that they take it very seriously and that for the most part, um, you know, people are pretty much aligned with what the football team is asking for. 
they don't think that that kind of um, language has any any place at Kansas State. And you know, a lot of people would like to see the kid kid um, expelled if possible. But uh, yeah, it seems like that's not going to happen. I, I would just say that um, you know, lately with the rising coronavirus cases, you're right. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunity to get out and just uh, you know, meet uh, meet meet and talk with people around town. But um, back when uh, all this the Black Lives movement was was starting, um, they had a they had a peaceful protest here in Manhattan where a bunch of uh, you know, people from all over the community, surrounding communities came in and, and marched um, against racism. And there was a really good turnout, you know, several thousand people walking all around town. They're going to try and do the exact same thing here on July 4th. Um, we might actually hear from some student athletes at that event. Kellis, I, I saw this story posted today just uh, less less than an hour ago. Um, you, you, um, you apparently caught a message on social media by a former Kansas State player and 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 found and, and talked to him, Zach Dials, and uh, he experienced um, some racism in Manhattan when he played some 15 years ago. Tell take us through that story. What'd you find out? Yeah, um, he was actually a really good interview. Pretty outspoken guy. Um, he's on a VH1 show about uh, realty and selling houses and stuff in LA. So um, pretty uh, pretty good guy. Um, but yeah, he said that. Uh, whatever it was in 2006 when he was a senior linebacker for the Wildcats after they beat Texas in a home game, he tried to go out with some of his uh, black friends on the team to some house parties. And, and some of them wouldn't uh, told him straight up. They didn't want him inside because of the color of his skin. Um, and basically his, he's come out this week and supported the players pretty big um, and said, you know, you guys, this is a really good thing you guys are doing and I support you. Um, keep using your voices and he basically said that, you know, if, if uh, Twitter was around back when, when he was a, a college senior and he experienced something like that, he was saying he wished he basically would have handled it the exact same way that, that these guys are. So it was interesting to hear from somebody who's, um, you know, can, can relate to what these kids are going through. And he had some good, pretty good stories to say about just what it's like for a uh, black student athlete from, you know, out of state coming into Kansas from Florida or California or wherever where you're used to being around some pretty diverse groups and coming here. And it's uh, really not that way, predominantly white school and just uh, to sit to, to experience, you know, to unroot your life and come out here and encounter people who, Oh, are, are, uh, you know, yeah. who, who say, who say mean things and are, uh, and have bad actions like that can make you feel like sometimes you don't want to represent your university. So it was just kind of interesting to hear from him and say that, um, you know, if, if he was in their shoes, he'd be doing the exact same thing right now and that he, he hopes it leads to some real change. Yeah. I thought it was a great story. And we've, uh, we, the link is included in the show notes here. Um, I was, I was impressed by what he said and, and look, the fact that he experienced uh, what he did and then, continued to play and, and apparently kept it under wraps, at least publicly, um, you know, more power to him. And that's, um, no, I guess it's no secret, you know, no, no wonder why he's not, a, or why he's a, su- a success in life. I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive actually for, um, you know, for, for Zach Dial. So, and, you know, Kellis, something that strikes me is Kansas state, Kansas state historically has not had, issues like this or problems like this. They were the first to, um, 
in a, on a conference level in the late 40s, early 50s, uh, the first or among the first to integrate its teams um, to have uh, black football players, basketball players. Um, they had the first, I think, and maybe the only black baseball coach in the history of what is now the Big 12, Big 8, Big 12. It just, I, when, when I heard about this last week and the, this player's tweet, and I just thought Manhattan's not the place where I, I expect this to happen. You're right. The demographic of Manhattan and Riley County in that area, it's predominantly white for sure. And um, it's, it's not greatly populated at all, but, but uh, it's just um, disheartening to, to hear about situations like this and, um, and, and to, and to know that a player like, you know, it's one thing to post a tweet on social media and create an out, an outrage, which is what's happened recently. But when I read your story about what happened is just, you know, in this century, right. Um, that it could happen to a, a K-State football player in this century to be turned away. He and, um, you know, fellow football players be turned away from a party because they were black. I, I was just, I was really shocked by that. Yeah, um, not the greatest picture, um, but I, I certainly would say that in my experiences around Tanner, I, I think that's uh, very rare. Like you said, this uh, seems to be a pretty inclusive place, especially for for athletes. I mean, the people in this town, uh, you know, borderline worship some of the guys who go out in the football field and the basketball field. Um, I, I think uh, in some ways, you know, while it's it's certainly good that um, there's been a, a a reaction to the uh, insensitive tweet that came out last week and that there's been a movement to try to, you know, eliminate that kind of thinking and talk entirely. Uh, I would say, you know, it's not really representative of uh, the university or this community. Um, I would say it's, you know, extremely rare and it's just kind of one bad apple um, trying to paint everything else as, uh, as ugly when it isn't. Um, you know, it's, it's like you said, Kansas state has always been uh, pretty, pretty welcoming of black players. Uh, Tiger Woods, dad played baseball here way back in yep. the day. So, um, and they've got, they've got a lot of black coaches on their basketball staff and their football staff. Now they're more head coaches, but, um, I, uh, I'm pretty sure every, every single one of Bruce Weber's assistants, um, Chris Lowry, Shane Southwell, that they're, they're all, you know, he, he, he goes out and hires minorities. So does Chris Kleiman. Um, so they're, they're inclusive and they've, they've clearly gone out and at least tried to put it, put forward some, uh, you know, some new policies that'll make them even more, uh, diverse in the future. Very good. Okay, Kellis, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll broaden the scope a little bit and talk more about what's happening in college football around the country. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, back with Kellis Robinette, Kansas State beat writer for the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. And Kellis, um, the Kansas State and... 
the the threat of a boycott over you know, over a tweet, a racially insensitive tweet, was just the latest in a series of events that have occurred around campuses um, in, around the country. I can remember thinking at the beginning of June, the only thing that we were talking about when it came to college football was when were the when were the teams coming back? How would they deal with the pandemic? What would the you know what would the uh, you know the welcoming back be? And by the end of June, we are looking at you know just school after school dealing with um, incidents in the aftermath of the George George Floyd killing that has I don't know empowered emboldened. Uh, uh, players and athletes to to speak out, speak up, and we've seen it everywhere. Latest is Kansas State, but it it, it uh, we've seen it in in other places as well, especially in the Big Twelve. I I wrote a little column about it this morning. I I, I think that the the maybe the the biggest moment over the last month was when uh, Oklahoma State running back uh, Chuba Hubbard, you know, called out Mike Gundy on social media. Gundy wearing the T-shirt that he found offensive. And, um, and, and by, you know, 24 hours later, Gundy in his second video appearance, uh, apologized for the insensitivity of after, after talking to his team, the insensitivity of the t-shirt. So I know it's a kind of a broad question, but, uh, what, why, why is all this happening now? Besides the obvious, the, the reaction of the George Floyd, but does the pandemic play into it? Uh, you know, just, um, you know, no, no football action. How, wh- why is this happening? Well, I think that's part of it, just that there's so little else going on. Everybody's in quarantine and on Twitter all day and looking for any anything to speak up about. I do think that's part of it. If we were in a normal schedule, uh, maybe that wouldn't be this way. But I also think that kind of what you touched on in your column, which I thought was really good, is that a lot of these players have figured out that they've they've got some power. They've got a voice. And if they choose to use their platform in the right way, people will listen um, I mean, you didn't. Need, you mentioned a lot of uh, things there in your your intro to this question, but I mean, shoot, even at Mississippi State, their star running back Kylan Hill came out and said he wasn't going to play anymore unless the uh, the state changed its flag. And what happened? Uh, you know, within a few weeks, the the state flag was changed. Um, and you know, even though that upset some people, I, I I would certainly say it was a good move. And but it, that just goes to show you that. Um, these athletes have, have power and uh, a lot more so than even, you know, five years ago, I feel like it used to be that if a player spoke up against a coach or really anything like that, that was deemed to be politically correct. Um, they were just kind of beaten back and the coach had the power, not the player. Um, and now I don't know if some of the reform that's happened in NCAA athletics with the, you know, the transfer changes where coaches can't. Uh, hold players back anymore. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it's all kind of added up into this, uh, you know, current scenario where if uh, players are truly unhappy about something, um, they can actually step forward and say, hey, I want some change and people have to listen to them. And I, I think that's the, the the biggest reason it's happening right now. Absolutely. Uh, you're right. They, I think they understand that there's no game without them. There is no, and without game, there's no. We we've stressed the importance of of uh, the revenue that college football generates for um, you know for the for the athletic department in this um, in, in the in the weeks and the months that we've been inactive because of the pandemic. We we've emphasized just how much football revenue means. So 
um, and, and, the, and the people who produce that revenue are the people that suit up every week. And we, we know that they have, uh, they've become more empowered just over the last few years and, and, uh, and, and will soon be able to cash in on their name, image, and likeness. So I, I've always, I've long believed that that needed to happen. It's going to happen, but the, the, you know, to to broaden, it's it's one thing to you know to stick up for yourself, right, and to uh, and, and to be able to monetize your your image, but to take on the bigger issues like what Kansas State players are doing. And you mentioned Kylan Hill at Mississippi State, who was and he was backed by the you know his football coach. Um, uh, Mike Leach and, and also Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin, along with you know all, a bunch of other coaches and athletic administrators in that state, they went and visited the, the state legislature to to support the idea of of getting the Confederate emblem off of the Mississippi flag and then the other co- couple of the other examples the um, the University of Texas players have listed um, you know uh, some grievances that have to do with you know the the names of, of buildings at uh, on campus uh, buildings that were named for either slaveholders or people with racist backgrounds and even the eyes of Texas the song that is played after every every game that the players are you know they have to stand and and with their with their uh, fingers in the air their horns horns up sign uh, hand sign they have to sing um, has has racial overtones and the players don't want to sing that anymore they don't even want that part of their you know part of the uh, the, the, the program so yeah we're, we're seeing it all over the place Iowa, Iowa getting rid of its strength and conditioning coach after a couple of decades because it, he was accused of some racial insensitivity now we're, we're seeing a, it really is a change in in college sports and I'll go back and say look if if the COVID wasn't here, if life was normal, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the, the reaction would have been this strong to the you know the George Floyd killing. Um, but I, I just think the the, the pent up uh, the nature of of life right now has um, has has given you know just maybe given the players and and uh, and athletes, college athletes, uh, a, a kind of a stronger platform or forum to. To make their voices heard, and and I, listen, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. They they're realizing what their influences is, is, and they're and they're using it, and they're using it for social change and and justice. And what what better way to use your your voice than to, you know, to create fairness in in what you think is uh, you know in situations that you believe is un believe are unfair. Yeah, I'm I'm all for more power for the athletes and. I think one thing that all this coronavirus stuff has really pointed out when everybody says that football is just vital to the college um, athletics world in that if it's not played this season, all these athletic departments are going to lose a lot of money and they don't know how they're going to make ends meet in future seasons. Um, well, I, th- I think that's opened some eyes for some players too, that if football is that important, maybe they should deserve a little bit more. And now they're kind of trying to, uh, exert a little bit more power because they know that they have it. Right, right. Hey, Kellis, the last time we talked to you, it was we talked about the COVID and the pandemic and Kansas State's numbers. Um, uh, any any news or any any updates on on that? What uh, what's happening with the, with the Wildcats and their uh, their football players? I, I forgot what the number was for players that needed to be quarantined, but it was a little higher than than some of the other schools. Yeah, so when they decided to go ahead and shut down all football workouts, they had 14 positive cases all within the football team. 
Um, and they said that was just too many. It was spreading too fast. So they told everybody to go back home and come back in two weeks. So um, starting Sunday, players are, if they want to, are allowed to come back, start returning to campus early next week. The hope is that, again, this is if the players um, decide to end their boycott and, and come back. Um, next week they would start testing again. And on July 13th, that Monday, they would go ahead and resume workouts. Um, so obviously pl- uh, most of the players have gone back home. Not too many are around right now. So we'll see uh, what the, the numbers show when they test again. That'll be the, the big, uh, you know, the big thing to find out what they can do from there. But um, the main thing that they've really stressed is that um, you need to wear a mask. You need to be careful when you go out and, and mingle, because if you, if you want to have a football season this year, you need to have, uh, you know, this coronavirus stuff under control. And that's maybe something that they totally didn't quite understand how easy it was to, to spread the illness around uh, whenever the, 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 the cases spiked here in Manhattan a week or two ago. So hopefully they, they figured that out now. And when they do start resuming, uh, they do all come back and, and try to get things rolling again they can uh, do it a little bit smarter. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's wishing good health to to everyone, <laughs> not just in the football program, but but to everyone. And uh, uh, so that'll do it for us, Kellis. I appreciate you spend some time with us, and we will catch up again soon, and maybe next time we will just talk football or basketball or, or games. Wow, that'd be nice. Here's, here's hoping. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kellis. All right. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Callis Robinette for joining us today and talking about Kansas State. Links to stories about the Wildcats can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com and kansas.com. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition, There's nearly 30 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.